Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. Hello and a very happy new year. I am recording this a little bit late, to be honest with you. It's January the 5th and the episode was supposed to go out yesterday. So I'm running a bit behind at the very beginning of the year. I wonder what that says about the rest of the year. Probably nothing. It probably just says I needed a nice big rest and I had a beautiful break. Anywho, um, for those of you who are new to the podcast, hi, I'm Becca, and I'm really delighted that you're here. For those of you who have come back to join me, it's really, really lovely to start the year with you um, and welcome back. Today is presumably going to be a very short episode because it is just me again. Um, I wanted to touch on pain and the kind of the necessity of feeling all the feels. Um, Somebody asked me on a podcast episode last year, I was being interviewed on her podcast and she asked me about whether, you know, how do I help take the pain away for um, for my clients? And I said to her, actually, that's, that's kind of not the point. Um, taking the pain away is not the answer. You are going to have to feel all the feels. Um, the point is, how do we minimize any overwhelm and the distraction and any reactivity that comes when you're feeling like the less, you know, you're not in a great place. So so I wanted to talk about that a little bit more because I think, you know, there are people in pain at the moment. We are in peak separation period. Um, So maybe there's new listeners finding me because you're going through the thick of it. Those early days and weeks and sometimes months can feel pretty good because, you know, there's an intention to end the marriage. You're starting off the year fresh. You're setting up a single mom sanctuary. You're hopefully working pretty amicably with your ex. And then you might be surprised by how out of the blue you feel like shit or, you know, he, you're underprepared for realizing that this ex that's been in your life for such a long time is behaving in a way that is unrecognizable to you. You don't, he doesn't look like the person you used to, you know, be attracted to. He doesn't, he doesn't behave in the same way anymore. And you can't predict his behaviors and it takes you by surprise. And then that brings up all kinds of confusion. And of course, there is the grief of the marriage itself. So there's a whole range of feelings. There's there's some good stuff. There's some awful stuff. There's days of not being able to get out of bed. There's the pain of thinking about what your children might be. You know, you're actually, in many cases, we are projecting onto our children 
what we imagine they're going through rather than taking a moment or actually hearing from them or allowing them to process it. But then there's also the stuff that we literally see and we we do know that they're going through some tough things. So if we've got all of this, all of these emotions and all of these feelings and the point is not to take them away, what is the point then? <laughs> um I wanted to, I want to talk to you about it this in, in kind of two different ways about the benefits of feeling the feelings um the benefits of allowing yourself to navigate through even when things feel shit the first thing is I want you to consider what is the meaning of rock bottom right when you're at your absolute worst when things could not be any better, you're fearful, you're sad, you're unhappy. What could possibly be good about being in that place? And I know that you've you would have heard this expression before, I'm sure. Just culturally, we hear about kind of the Alcoholics Anonymous um, idea of people sharing that they things got worse and worse and worse. And it was only when things got to rock bottom where they couldn't imagine things could get worse, that actually they took action, they took responsibility, and they turned their lives around. So we know that that is true of other people. They need to get to rock bottom before things will get better. So why would we want to stop ourselves or somebody else getting to rock bottom if the benefit, that life turnaround, that fundamentally changed experience is on the other side of rock bottom, wouldn't we tempt ourselves to just sit in it for a moment? I can, you know, I'm that, that message may not resonate very well with people depending on where you're at in your journey. But let me assure you, if things are rubbish, it's highly likely you're about to get through it and things will get a whole lot better. You'll be able to look back on this period as that time that things were tougher than you thought they could ever be. So that's the first, which is let's not be too afraid of it because there's growth. Growth comes from being in a difficult place, right? So it's okay that you feel overwhelmed. It's okay that you feel um, angry and sad and, you know, unable to to make good decisions it's okay because through this experience you will come out with greater clarity and stronger and better so the second way of thinking about this is in the benefits of feeling the feelings good and bad and ugly is that if you hold on to those feelings and you're trying to push them down right i, I don't have time to be angry or i don't have time to be sad I don't have, I don't want to, I don't like the feeling, then you're going to push these emotions down. And it's a bit like, you know, the beach ball analogy I've used in the past. You've got an inflatable beach ball, you're trying to push it under the water. And sure, you can succeed for a while. You can keep the beach ball under the water. You can stop yourself from feeling too sad or stop yourself from feeling too angry but only for a limited amount of time. At some point, that beach ball is just going to explode right back up. It's going to bounce up. Fabulous visual image. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, your emotions are messy and they're everywhere and they're in front of everyone. I don't want you to be the person who's 
screaming at your ex-husband in public because you can't control your emotions. I don't want you to be the person who's bawling their eyes out when, you know, you're something insignificant has happened at the supermarket and, you know, it's triggered you to feel all the feelings that you've been denying and you're, you're crying publicly. I don't want any of that for you. What I do want is you to find a safe space and allow yourself to feel those feelings. So there, there are two ways I want you to think about that. You know, from rock bottom comes growth and holding feelings down just means they're going to come back and attack you in a big, big, ugly way. Let's not do that. So I guess another way to think about it is, you know, in order to make an omelette, you need to break some eggs. You're going to need to feel the feelings. Let's get on with feeling the feelings. And if you do need to get on with that, um, what I want you to do then is to have a think about how can I create a safe space to feel the feelings? How can I make sure that I do this in a way that is productive? Um, probably an, isn't that a funny term, productive? Because you can have productive rest. And rest is the opposite of productive, no? <laughs> so when I talk about productive here, I mean just heading you in the journey of healing. So feeling the feelings um, in a safe environment that allows you to get on with your healing. Obviously, I teach clients all about how to do this, but if I'm going to give you some suggestions, it would be like, just keep it simple. Make sure you like make an appointment with yourself and your television, put on the saddest movie you've ever seen in the past or heard, watch it, ball your eyes out. You're in a safe space. You'll cry about the movie. You'll cry about the marriage. You'll cry about whatever it is that's overwhelming you. That's so simple. Um, angry, right? Let's channel that anger. Let's get you down to an axe throwing. Um, what I haven't even been to one yet, like an axe throwing cage or a demolition um, space or go for a run, like just get some of the anger out. Again, safe environment to feel the feelings. And then I want you to journal. Um, you know, some people are much better at this than others, but writing it down helps. Just write it down and put it away. You don't ever have to look at it again if you don't want to. Or you might want to hold on to that so that you can look back at it in a few months' time when you're feeling so different and unrecognizable. So make friends with your feelings. Acknowledge just acknowledge them when they come. Like naming them really helps too. God, I'm feeling so angry. Gosh, I'm feeling so frustrated. Gosh, I'm feeling so out of control or um, out of balance. Name how you're feeling. Allow yourself to acknowledge them. Allow yourself to express them in a safe way. And very importantly, create your toolkit of managing them, you know, your toolkit of resilience techniques that allow you to manage your emotions and not um, be overtaken by them. So that's so much of what I do is giving you and working with you to create the tools that you'll need to manage your overwhelm, minimize your re reactivity, right? So that you don't have the screaming match in, out in public. Um, you don't send the ugly text message that you so want to. You don't stalk his new girlfriend on social media. You don't allow overwhelm. 
Um, I've shared a lot of these tools and techniques on the podcast, so I'm not going to give you any specific ones today. Um, yeah, the, I mean, I, I share a lot of them. I share a lot on my social media um, and on the podcast. Um, so I, I hope that I've given you quite a few already to think about um, that toolkit of resilience techniques. Uh, I can put a link to a couple of my favorite episodes on this, if that's useful. Even episode zero, which was the tool around which is the circle of control and the circle of concern. So powerful for managing your reactivity. So I, I think that's that's my episode for 2024. That's my first episode just to share with you that making the feelings go away is not the point. That's not the reason why you work with a coach or even a therapist or or you know anybody. It's not about stopping the feelings. It's about helping yourself work through them, start unpicking where they're coming from potentially, but feeling them, creating a safe space, but also creating boundaries for yourself and techniques so that you don't overly react to them. If you have any questions, if this is brought up, um, ideas for you or areas that you think you need some support, please reach out. I love hearing from you. I've gotten some, been getting some beautiful messages lately about the episodes and I'm absolutely open to more constructive feedback or useful ideas on what you'd like to hear more of. It helps me bring more value. So please do that. Um, remember to share the episodes if they're useful and I will see you in a little less than a week because I was late this week. I'm forgiving myself for that and I'm pretty sure you will too. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.